The Saints drop their second straight, Cam Newton is back, and the Chiefs are back on track. That and much more coming up on this episode of the Going Going Gooner podcast. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the, the Going Going Gooner podcast. We ain't apologizing for nothing today. The, the plain and simple truth is that we suck. So clearly, Alvin listened to the episode. No, he did. I have no doubt. What makes you think more instability is what this club needs right now? Most likely will make one of the best Netflix documentaries since Firefest. The Going Going Gooner podcast is brought to you by your party station, Z89. Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast. I am your co-host, Arjun, joined by my co-host, Kyle. We have a lot to break down on this week, but before we get started, be sure to drop us a follow on Twitter at ggoonerpod. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by your party station, Z89. Kyle, a really tough loss for the Saints this week, one that I think both of us saw coming, but as it always goes... They give you hope, and then they let you down. We have had two straight losses of being down big and then coming back late in the fourth quarter to be around a score apart and then lose the game because of something going wrong on some side of the ball. And today, it was basically down to, and obviously there was more at hand here, the Saints shot themselves in the foot about every possible second they could in this game. And we'll get through the offense, the defense, and the special teams especially, because the special teams cost us huge in this game, uh, in a minute, uh, but the score did end 23-21 in Tennessee. Uh, obviously, before the game, Alvin Kamara was out, Teron Armstead was out, Peyton Turner and CJ GJ are both now on the IR, so they're both out for at least three weeks, which is a huge loss. I mean, this team missed CJ Gardner-Johnson today. Peyton Turner obviously is a big miss, but it's less of a miss because of the unit we have on the D-line, um, but missing CJ hurt. Obviously, missing Alvin, huge loss. Teron Armstead, again, another big loss on that O-line. The O-line was Throckmorton and James Hurst on the left side, which is not ideal compared to having Pete and Armstead. Um, But we take what we can get for now with the Saints team. McCoy, Ruiz, Ramchek all healthy. Ruiz got beat up in this game by Jeffrey Simmons, the entire Titans D-line. It was rough for him. Um, But let's start with the quarterback, the main place to start. Uh, Simeon played well again. I mean, he it's two straight weeks of him having a good game, nothing particularly bad about it. I mean, he was sacked four times. That's not on him. The four sacks were just violent. Like Jeffrey Simmons got through the line. There was nothing he could do. Uh, Simeon played well, 298 yards on 19 for 34 passing, two touchdowns. It was a fine game. I mean, I have no problem with this game this week. And, and at the end, the only mistakes I, th- I think Simeon made were at the end of the first half. I think we were driving down the field, um, trying to get some points on the board before the half ended, and Simeon took a couple crucial sacks. One of them I don't think he could have escaped from. The other one he got out of the pocket but just didn't throw the football away. Um, that was like the only real you know thing I got frustrated at him for. But you know, 19 for 34, 298 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he had a fumble last week, no turnovers this week. Um, I mean, he looks fine. And and this week, the wide receiver core was a little bit better. Not as many drops. Um, Troutman actually, I think there was a stat that he got a lot of separation on average. He had the highest separation uh, this week. It was like something between like near seven yards of separation per pass, yeah. which, for those wondering, is a heck of a lot of space. Um, 
He he did have five catches uh, on six targets for 32 yards. Not ideal. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Simeon played like a good game, though. And, and mm-hmm. again, the receiving core was a little bit better. Obviously, we were missing Kamara this week. I think he would have added a lot. Um, Ingram, congrats to him, broke the all-time Saints rushing record um, uh, in this game. But again, 14 carries, 47 yards. He did have a touchdown. And uh, Simeon had two touchdowns. Traquan Smith had one, and Callaway had one. Smith is getting a little better in this offense. He's looking a little better. He had seven targets. Um, obviously, that first game, Traquan Smith was back. It was a lot of frustration. It was rough for him. Uh, the second game, he was back. He didn't play that very well either. But now he's grow- going back into things. But the and, player and that's the player that's having the best time in his offense, though, by a country mile, is Deontay Harris. Yep. I mean, he made a spectacular diving catch, uh, a forty-nine yard grab um, in the f- uh, second quarter, I believe. It was fingertip grab, seeming through it just almost too far. But uh, Harris caught it, fingertip, uh, snow-coned it, pulled it in, rolled. It was a great catch. He had himself another good game, three three receptions, 84 yards. He is just a lightning stick. He's a lightning rod. I mean, he every play, you're like, he could very easily go for six. That's just what he is. Uh, however, I mean, Deontay Harris did make uh, a pretty big mistake. The Saints' only turnover of the game on the opening kickoff of the second half. He fumbled it and turned it over. Um, the Saints at that point were down 13 to six. Uh, that drive, who knows where it would have gone, but um, the Saints um, had a chance to get some points on the board at the very start of the second half. Harris fumbled um, pretty costly. And then the Saints went down uh, more in the third quarter and had to claw their way back uh, for a second straight week, like you said, down big against Atlanta, down big against Tennessee. But I think the difference is that this Tennessee team is way better than this Falcon than that Falcons team. Uh, obviously, Tennessee remains the best record in the AFC. I wouldn't call them the best team in the AFC because but they they're obviously the, missing Derrick Henry. <laughs> but, but they have the best record. And I mean, both of us thought that the Saints' offense would stall, and and by all intents and purposes, it did until the fourth quarter. Um, so it, the, it just it. I don't know what. Like peop, some people expected this offense to be great still, and I sat there like, "What do you think is gonna happen?" I mean, we're missing our top player and Alvin Kamara. We're missing our entire left side of the old line. We're missing our QB one. Uh, Taysom Hill still getting back from a concussion, played, but obviously was limited. I mean, we were missing like half of our offense, and people thought, "Oh, we'll be fine. We're the New Orleans Saints." And by all means, yes, I love that train of thought because we're great, but also bad, bad idea, bad thinking there. That's just I don't I don't get where some fans were going with this, um, but whatever. And as you said, Deontay Harris did have uh, that big fumble to start the second half. It was a rough time for it to come. I think that's the best way to put it. As soon as it happened, it was like an oh no, they're gonna score, and they did end up putting points on the board from it. And that point, the game was over. Um, it was quite costly for him. It was just not great to see. Um, he, in total, though, only has uh, this is seventh fumble in his career. He's had three each of the past two years. Um, in all honesty, that's not awful. But that's for him, a, 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 uh, someone who's doing kickoff punt returns. I'm fine with that number of three per season. He's only got one so far this year on the eight games he's played. Um, 
So his numbers technically, actually, by looking at it uh, numerically, are going down. I mean, he's only got one fumble this year in eight games. Last year it was three and nine. The year before that was three and fourteen. So he's having a decent year. Um, but yes, it cost us, and the offense stalled. But that's whatever. And I want to turn to the guy we discussed a little bit, Adam Troutman, because obviously last week, I won't lie, we kind of railed him, but he deserved the railing because he couldn't catch a pass to save his life. And the question now becomes, with Nick Vanette coming back from the IR officially, getting back healthy into game shape, with Jawan Johnson playing well in terms of catching the ball, will Adam Troutman's role be changed to be more of just a run blocker? Because for those who haven't seen, he's a heck of a run blocker. I mean, two, th- three or four touchdowns have been Alvin Kamara's this year have come from Troutman blocking the heck out of somebody. And, yeah, Troutman, I mean, he's a great run blocker, obviously not as good a pass catcher as we expected him to be. And down 23-21, to 21, Simeon leads a fantastic drive towards the end of the game. Uh, we have to go for two because Brian Johnson missed two extra points. That's something we'll touch on right after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Saints have to go for two, down 23-21. to 21. Uh, You know, there are... The the entire offensive line is stacked. We've got an extra alignment in there. We've got Troutman in there. Taysom Hill is going to take this ball in, in, into the end zone from the two. And then Adam Troutman false starts, goes back to the seven. Simeon has to come back out there. Obviously, you can't keep Taysom in in that situation. And the Saints fail on the two-point conversion and end up losing the football game. So, I mean, Troutman has consistently made mistakes that have cost the team. Um... Uh, I think when that happened, it was just, it was just, it was a shot. It was a shot in the heart. And, and I mean, all this team does, this team is its own worst enemy. Um, Mistake after mistake after mistake. I mean, as we said, Simeon isn't even playing that bad, but um, just the little things, the penalties drops. um, It's just everything this team does seems to come back and bite them in the butt. Um, but one thing that I don't think we can say was their own mistake, which was called by a referee, which anyone who watched the game or was on social media knew this was going to come up. Uh, in the second quarter with the Titans driving, uh, they go, I believe it was second quarter. It may have been, yeah, it was second, first, second quarter. Uh, they're driving down in the red zone. Tannehill drops back, steps up, throws a pass to the left side of the end zone, and it's picked off by Marcus Williams for a red zone interception. Looks great. All of a sudden, big turning point. Now we can take the ball away from them, go back down, and score. It was huge. It It was amazing. The game was tied at six at that point, I believe, and uh, that interception would have been completely pivotal in the result of the game because, as we said, um, you know, the Saints at the end of that half weren't able to put any points on the board because Simeon took those sacks, and then at the start of the second half, Deonta Harris fumbled. So the Saints, instead of being down thir- uh, instead of being tied six to six, um, getting the football at the start of the half, were down thirteen to six. So uh, I'll let you finish talking through those. Yeah. So the interception happens, but as you will note on the box score, there was no interception, uh, and the reason for that was because the referees stink. I think is the best way to put it, in the nicest way possible. Uh, on the pass Tannehill had, he was hit by, I believe, Tano Passignon from the front. It was Caden fine. Ellis. Well, yeah, yeah. Passignon hit him, and Caden Ellis comes in from the side and hits him. Tannehill stays on his feet. It wasn't like a, a walloping hit. It was it was whatever. 
and a flag is thrown. It's called roughing the passer, um, hitting or he hit his helmet was what it was called. For those who watched the video of it, Caden Ellis hit Tannehill shoulders, the back, even. his back. I mean, he didn't he didn't hit his helmet. Tannehill's Tannehill was fine. He looked like there's a call. Like there's a penalty? What? <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there was no helmet to helmet there. And I said, I mean, roughing the passer, obviously that was just a blown call. Um, they thought it was a hit to the head and it wasn't. But regardless, the penalty needs a massive overhaul. There have been so many poor roughing the passer calls, um, including in the in the Pittsburgh uh, Detroit game. Uh, I think it was Mason Rudolph who got or. I forgot what team it was on, but they they called a roughing the passer for for a blow below the knee. It was literally just an ankle tackle. And mm-hmm. I mean the the fact that you know you'll see it applied um, so differently for f- different quarterbacks as well because um, Lamar Jackson isn't getting that call when he, go- no, when he goes not. out of the pocket. Kyler Murray's not getting that call when he goes out of the pocket. But uh, so many pocket passers will get that call. Um, when there is a little to no contact, obviously the blow to the head. We've seen calls for uh, hands hitting the helmet. Um, how much damage can that cause? Um, that's what the helmet is there for. If it's a helmet-to-helmet hit, totally call it. Hand to the helmet, ridiculous. We Unless saw, it's like, we if it's a club to the helmet, like if it's a if it's a violent thing, go then, for then it. Then that's a whole other penalty. Yeah. But, <laughs> At that um, point, it's assault. It's not and, a penalty. And, and we saw Aaron Rodgers uh, get... Hurt, uh, get a collarbone injury because you know being driven to the ground. So they added that to roughing the passer. But uh, defenders trying to uh, trying to avoid driving, um, you know, quarterbacks to the ground has led to defender injuries as well. So I have no, I, I see how this. I, I don't see how this helps player safety. And um, again, it, it's ruining football games. There is too much policing of stupid things being done. Yes. We want to protect for people's health. That is number one priority at all times. But the calls that are being made are just ridiculous. I mean, this was as bad as it gets by, I believe the referee was Anderson. I forget what his first name was. I It was tweeted out by somebody today. Um, it may have been Walt Anderson, maybe. It was an egregiously bad call. I mean, it it just it wasn't a helmet to helmet hit, and Canella sat there like, "Are you serious?" And everyone was like, "That's got to be a joke. You can't you can't be saying it's a helmet to helmet hit." Everybody put it up as that's not a helmet to helmet hit. That's the or uh, uh, hands to the face, rough and pass, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't that. It was the opposite of that. It it, it, it was a he. I don't know what he could have done better. He he missed his head. He hit him in his back, in his shoulder a little bit. Just because he was coming down from jumping, so he was going to hit him somewhere, and he avoided everything he needed to avoid, and it was perfectly fine. But according to the referees, it was not. Um, that, as well as taunting, which we have discussed numerous times now on the podcast, are ridiculous, and they need to be stopped from being called how they are. That officials are calling everything possibly that could potentially, considerably, possibly be a rough in the passer or be a taunting call. It is everything's happening. And they're backing up the refs. And it's got to just not go from the game, but it's got to go. I mean, something's got to change here. Uh, it will never change. Uh, but it's fine. We're fine, right, Arjun? We're fine. And the the other thing we're fine about is the person who we do need to talk about, as we said, uh, Brian Johnson. Uh, I'm going to let you go first and talk about what happened, and then I will go because I do have some feelings about it. <laughs> so our I mean, our kicking situation this year has been less than ideal. Will Lutz hasn't appeared in a game. 
Um, with injury, obviously he's out for the season. He's a huge loss. I mean, we've seen how consistent he's been. Even in his inconsistencies last year, he's better than anything we've had this year. Uh, Brian Johnson missed two extra points. Both of them missed in pretty much the exact same manner, hooked left. Um, I think the wind had something to do with it as well. Um, but, you know, you just you just can't... You, you can miss one extra point, but you can't miss the second one in the exact same way. Um, obviously, he had that great kick at the end of the game against Tampa, I believe. Um, clutch from him. We said it was, a, it was a great job by him to step up in that position, but now immediately letting us down. Obviously, he's, a, he's an undrafted, pardon me, undrafted rookie, um, and it's going to be difficult to find a good kicker because there are just simply not enough guys that can do it. Um, so we have to take what we can get, but what we're getting right now is less than ideal for a team that is that has playoff ambitions. There are so many fans I have seen over the years basically disregard the kicking position because it's not one that matters. And it's like, oh, I could go out and do that. Sure. Whatever you say, uh, 40-year-old guy sitting on your couch at home. Like, I've joked and said I could make a kick. I could probably make a 20-yarder, 30-yarder. That's about it. That's about it. But that's if nobody's on the field, just me, ball down. I could probably make that. But these guys are on a field with 11 men bearing down at them to get to where their foot is going to be, and they have two seconds to get a ball up in the air and drive it 60 yards downfield. That is ridiculously tough to do. Fans just disregard the kicking position. Now you see what happens. We don't have a kicker. We got used to, for a, a, a bit of time, we had Hartley there for a little bit, who was con- inconsistent, but he made enough kicks to be fine. He made kicks that mattered, obviously, for the Super Bowl. We had, at some point, John Carney. We obviously ended up with Will Will Lutz, who, by all means, has been our Lord and Savior the past, since the 2017 season, essentially. I mean, he has won us games. He has been one of the best kickers in football, and... Saints fans have not given him enough plaudits. That him, Thomas Morstead for a while too, just no respect for them. Which, they're special teamers. You, you, you write them off. They don't matter in football. Yes, they do. We're seeing how much Blake Gillikin matters right now. He's bombing punts. When he doesn't bomb a punt, it's like, wow, he only hit it 45 yards? That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's the fact that we disregard kickers is stupid. And now you're seeing what happens when you don't have a kicker like Will Lutz. I mean, Adam Vinatieri, Steven Guskowski made their names in the NFL by doing one thing better than everybody else did. And they get disregarded for being, oh, you could you could get 10 guys who can do that. No, you can't. There's not enough guys who can do that. I mean, Justin Tucker is going to be probably go in the hall as one of the, if not the best kicker of all time. And he even he's not respected enough, which is wild because that dude is making kicks weekly. Like sixty-five yards casually, and, and, and Tucker is Tucker's a different case because I think he's consensus by the by the time his career over, he's going to go down as the best kicker of all time. I mean, he's he's got the record for longest kick ever. He's the the most accurate kick well, ever. Country mile, too. and and w- I mean, what else could you ask for? So that's a different case. But even just general kickers of yes. that level, even for a multiple season run, it's, are not given anything. It, it's rare. It's rare that it happens, and. Um, even then, it's it's difficult because we have been blessed by great kickers over the years, and and Will Lutz being one of them, obviously. So we're missing him a lot, um, and and it shows just how much they matter because you know those two extra points 
Vaughn um, cost us the game. Cost us the game. If if he makes those two extra points, we we can kick kick an extra point and win the game, and without having to go to overtime. So, um, it's just a t- tough thing to have to deal with, especially going into the season. We started off so great. You know, before this, our three losses were against the Giants, the Panthers, and the Falcons. Um, you know, the Giants and the Panthers game, we played really poorly. I don't think we deserve to win those games. Against the Falcons, we came back. Don't know if we deserve to win that one either. Um, it's just frustrating to see us us beat quality teams like the Packers and the Buccaneers and then just completely flop against against those three teams. But, I mean, the Titans are very strong. We didn't But we think... should have beaten this game. We should have won. All the yes. mental mistakes, all the mental errors are what costs us in this game. Like, don't get it wrong. We lost by two points. We should have won this game. By how we played and by how they played, we should have won this game. And I think even if Derrick Henry was on the field, I think we should have won the game because oh, the yeah. Saints have you know a, a top rush defense. They t- 66 yards off 29 carries um, against this Tennessee rush attack. Obviously, Derrick Henry would have changed that dynamic. But you know when you know Henry has statistically not been very good against us. Um, but again, it, it's a really tough loss. It also it's the injury. It just everything was written up to be against us in this game. Everything coming into the game, oh, Titans are the top team in the AFC currently by record. They're going into this game with energy. They won a good one last week. This is going to be good for them. They're going to stomp us. They didn't stomp us. We stomped them and we lost, which is sucky to have to deal with in the best way possible. Um, and so I was going to say, like, the it, it would have... It's a good thing and a bad thing because in the NFC South uh, this week, the Panthers obviously beat the Cardinals. With the, the Cam Falcons, with a rejuvenated Cam Newton, which we'll talk about later. The Falcons uh, got destroyed by the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers lost to the football team. So, I mean, last week, if the Saints beat the Falcons, we go top of the NFC South. This week, if we beat the Titans, we We're go top of the NFC South game. with some cushion. I mean, so these two losses are really frustrating because we did not take advantage of the fact that we could have been top of the division with cushion um, because Tampa was on a bye last week and then dropped dropped a game they shouldn't have this week. We dropped a game we shouldn't have last week and dropped a game we probably shouldn't have this week. And it's just missed opportunities. And then, again, luckily for the Saints, um, the, the rest of the NFC South is faltering um, and the rest of the NFC wildcard race is faltering too. So, I mean... We don't seem to be be very good, but nobody else seems to be very good either. Yeah, I mean, we may as well go now to the rest of the NFL. We kind of covered all the bases there with the Saints. Uh, the rest of the NFL has had itself a week. Uh, firstly, in the AFC, the Dolphins beat the Ravens 22-10 to in what was just a wacky game. I mean, the Dolphins, with their quarterback weirdness of uh, Tua was on the bench— and Brissett started, and Brissett got hurt, and then Tua came in, but Tua wasn't 100%, and Brissett was fine to go back in. He didn't go back in. It was wild. The Ravens lost the Dolphins. As I said, the Cowboys won over the Falcons 43-3, to which, funnily enough, for those who are also Syracuse University fans, SU lost 41-3 to this week. So the Cowboys beat the Falcons by more than that, which made me laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Sucks to be a Falcons fan, doesn't it? Um... The Jaguars lost to the Colts by six in a game the the Colts should have put away about a year ago. Um, the Browns got absolutely stomped on by the Patriots. 
Um, I've got to say, I absolutely was not expecting that. At I also didn't all. expect Ramondre Stevenson to go off for 25 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns at running back position. Didn't expect that. Uh, I had Damien Harris, didn't know he was out until after game time. So uh, my three running backs I had in fantasy, Arjun, all out this week. Chase Edmonds, Alvin Kamara, Damien Harris. It was a great time to be alive. Kyle, I started the Browns defense. Oh, gosh. I feel bad for you. I'm yeah. so sorry. And 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 I had I had the Packers defense on the bench, and I was oh, like, no. oh, you know, oh, the Seahawks, they've got Russ back. It's going to be great. It wasn't. It and wasn't yeah, <laughs> uh, speaking of the Packers, they beat the Seahawks in Seattle, seventeen to nothing, shutting out the uh, back healthy quote unquote Russell Wilson. It'll take him more time, I think, to get back to fully healthy, but he's back now, which is kind of crazy to see. Uh, in that game, also DK Metcalf got ejected and then tried coming back onto the field, uh, which was crazy to see happen. Uh, but we'll discuss that at a later time, I guess. Uh, the Bills beat the Jets 45-17. Mike White said before the week he should have been drafted number one, and it was kind of taken as a meme and a joke in the NFL, and it was kind of memed this week. I mean, he got destroyed by the Bills' defense. The Lions and Steelers tied uh, in a game that I watched uh, along oh, with I'm ours. Oh, I'm so sorry, Kyle. I also the, watched it. Waste it of my time. Waste of my time, <laughs> except for watching the Lions run all over the Steelers. I saw... Um, I'm going to find his name so I don't mess it up. But first, Deanna Swift, three, 33 carries, 130 yards is crazy to see. Uh, but Godwin uh, Igwebuake, he ran, uh, he had a 42-yard touchdown run where he probably, he made like seven Steelers just whiff. Just one of them, the safety came up, just fell over the ground, crumpled. He ran by him, makes three men fall off of him, and runs the end zone, end zone, end zone, <laughs> And it was just like a, whoa, what happened? And then they went up 16-10, and then obviously ended at 16-16 because and, and the, the Steelers, Detroit going to Detroit. The Steelers have one of the strongest front sevens in the league, so them giving up that many rushing yards was surprising, especially at home at Heinz Field. And in overtime, neither team wanted to win the game. No, they didn't. Uh, if there's any game deserving of a tie, it was that one. Neither team deserved a win there, as you said. Uh, Washington uh, beat the Bucks as we said, 29-19. to Shout out to Taylor Heineke getting the job done when we need him to. Uh, gotta love that one. Uh, Vikings beat the Chargers 27-20. to The Chargers have kind of fallen off in recent weeks. Uh, it's just been a rough, rough sledding for them. Uh, Justin Jefferson, nine receptions, 143 yards. Kirk Cousins doing what he had to do. Dalvin Cook uh, dealing with a lot of things we will not discuss this week because we don't have all the details yet. Um... Good week for the Vikings to beat the Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Raiders uh, Sunday Night Football. As we said, Mahomes and the Chiefs figured out their problems, I guess, on offense. Um, um, it was partially because the Raiders were playing cover three instead of cover yes. two. Which, you uh, know, they, has its problems. <laughs> they, they had that single high safety all game. Um, you know, Mahomes threw for 406 yards and five touchdowns. That's a signature Patrick Mahomes performance. We'll see how it translates into the coming weeks. But but he looked his old self. It's and a good Chiefs, start to getting back to. And, and, and the Chiefs are now in sole possession of first place in the NFC in the AFC West. Pardon me. Um, in a division where everyone's within a game of each other currently, yeah. with the Chargers being five and four, the Raiders being five and four, the Broncos being five and five. The Broncos lost to our next week's opponent, the Eagles, thirty to thirteen. That division's getting wacky. Uh, in the last game we do have to discuss uh, is the Panthers and Cardinals. Uh, obviously, again, no Kyler, I believe. 
Yes, uh, and no, no Kyler, DeAndre no either. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, which was fine last week with Colt McCoy, but this week, not the case. Uh, the Panthers won 34 to 10 in Cam Newton's first game back as a Panther, in which his first two snaps were both touchdowns. Uh, the first one he had, he ran it in, and after the play, took his helmet off and was like, I'm back, which obviously, being a Saints fan, don't like to see, but I won't lie. It kind of felt really nice to see it. Uh, Kyle, they are going to demolish us when we play them next. I'm quite <laughs> nervous, um, but hopefully at that point, Sam Darnold's back starting, and maybe we can play better. Who knows? Um, but they beat the Cardinals big time, and the Cardinals now with two losses from eight and, uh, from 7-0 and to 8-2 and two real quick. Um, and then tonight, uh, we are currently uh, filming this Monday, uh, the Rams and Niners play later tonight. Uh, the Rams, I would assume, will win this game. But the Rams, Arjun, had themselves a bit of a wild week. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, within 24 hours of Odell Beckham Jr. signing as a Ram, uh, Robert Woods tore his ACL, and he's out for the season. So I don't know what the odds are of that happening. But firstly, I hope Robert Woods... Uh, I wish him a successful recovery from his ACL tear, but that's like a freak thing to happen. Uh, Apparently, what happened per, I believe it was Rappaport tweeted it out, was he hurt his uh, ankle on a jet sweep, got up, was fine, finished practice, went over, talked to media, was kind of okay, limping a little bit, wasn't bad, and then got in the locker room a day later, found out he tore his ACL, which... I don't know how that happened um, with him not feeling the pain, but you know what? I I don't know. Um, but the Rams were expecting to see Odell Beckham Jr. in his first game. Uh, Von Miller is expected to be out for this game again, and then next week they have the bye week, so he'll be out for an extra week after that to get him healthy. But OBJ most likely will end up playing for the Rams with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and the crew in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. Arjun, it was just a weird week of games of just big scores being put up across the board, players coming back. Uh, there was no Bears games this week, so no Justin Fields sadness, no Texans games this week, so no just awful play. Giants, no wishy-washy. Bengals didn't get to see him play, which sucks. But a decent week of football, um, and next week should be even more fun with, as we said, the Saints get to play uh, in Philadelphia uh, at uh, Lincoln Financial Field, I believe, uh, against the Eagles. I actually will be in attendance at this game, uh, which will be quite entertaining. Uh, follow along on the social media at, at uh, I was going to say Z, no, at GG Gooner Pod for all tweets from me, myself at the game. Um, I will try and put up some videos of the game. I'll try and get some reactions from fans in the stands that are also Saints fans with me because I will be a bit alone on that one. Uh, first Saints game, though, to go to. I hope we win it. If yeah, we don't Kyle, win it, it'll be really sad. Kyle, super, super excited for you, first of all, because, I mean, um, for those who don't know, next next semester I'm going to London um, so he gets so, to watch all the Arsenal so, games so he wants I'm, to. I'm hoping to catch Arsenal games. So, so you're you're our de facto Saints correspondent. I'm the de facto Arsenal correspondent. It's a great time for now. to be alive. But um, really happy that you'll get to see the game against the Eagles. Good luck wearing a Saints jersey in the Lincoln Financial Thank Field. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Alvin you Kamara. Alvin <laughs> Kamara will protect me. He'll keep me safe. Um, I am excited for this game, but also I'm extremely nervous for the obvious reasons, which is one. Please tell me Alvin Kamara is healthy and Toronto Armstead's healthy. Two, 
Please make some catches, people. And three, I pray we win this game or I will never hear the end of it from fans. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be a tough one because, obviously, we've seen how the offense is sputtering. Um, The Eagles have— They're four and six. They beat the Falcons week one, Panthers week five, and the Lions in a drubbing uh, a couple weeks ago. And the Broncos this week as well. And and they they played close games against the Bucks and against the Chargers. They trounced the the Broncos this week. Um, you know, though they've played close games this year, and um, I have no idea what to expect because last season the Eagles was one of the games that Taysom started, and it was an extreme disappointment. I remember that day. Um, I think Arsenal lost to Burnley that morning. And it was the a Eagles, rough one. And the Eagles uh, beat the Saints that afternoon, so a really rough day for the podcast. Um, we hope a repeat of that doesn't happen. I believe this is our second year playing in Philly, second straight year playing in Philly. Um, it, so. For the Eagles, the things to watch for, obviously Jalen Hurts is their QB. He's been wishy-washy this year, and they there's talks of possibly drafting a new guy, maybe trying to go and get Matt Coral in the draft, somebody else, Malik Willis, who knows. But he's been up and down this year. Uh, he's also their top rusher, uh, which is kind of wacky to see. Uh, Devonta Smith, the uh, rookie wide receiver out of Alabama, has had himself a decent year. He had two touchdowns last week. It's going to be him against Marshawn Lattimore all day, or Paulson Adebo, who's played decently this season. I would expect it to be Lattimore, though, and I would thoroughly expect Marshall Lattimore to lock him down. He's not going to want a rookie beating him. We know that. He's not going to let that happen today, right? Am I being wrong with that or no? And uh, I, I mean, Marshall Lattimore being on a on a rookie wideout because Devonte Smith, I'm I'm pretty sure is like unquestionably the number one there. Um, he he's an he's an incredible route runner. Uh, he's great at what he does. Um, but what I'm looking at is the run game. For, for Philly because, um, you know, Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, uh, sort of that two-headed rushing attack with Miles Sanders out. Um, Jordan Howard had 12 carries for 83. Boston Scott had 11 carries for 81. And Jalen Hurts obviously runs the football a lot, had 14 carries for 53. That is a lot of rushing yards. That's over 200 for um, the Eagles against a Broncos rush defense that ranks 18th in the NFL. Um, the Saints is a little bit better than that. And and the Saints um, currently have allowed the least rushing yards in the entire NFL. So that's what I'm looking for. If the Saints can ro- stop that rushing attack, um, it, in looking at the receiving core of the Eagles, it, it's almost as bad as ours. And yes, it so is. If the Saints, it's around where the Saints' receiving core is just saying something. If the Saints can stop the run and and just take care of the ball on offense— I think this could be uh, this could be a good win for us. It could be. And what I also want to watch out for is on the Eagles defense, Darius Slay is having a, a career renaissance this year. He's had a few off years in Philly uh, after coming over from Detroit, but he's having himself a heck of a year. He had a scoop and score uh, that helped the, the Eagles beat the Broncos last week. Uh, he's playing great. It's going to be him going against, what, Traquan Smith or Deontay Harris? I mean... That's a recipe for disaster unless Harris can find his way past him just by running by him. Um, I'd be interested to see how the Eagles play against Harris. I'm assuming, if I was taking a shot in the dark here based on how we've played, they're going to put him as, they're going to quote unquote put him as wide receiver one and try and stop him most. So I'd expect Slay to be on Harris. Uh, But that also could work in our favor, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. 
Uh, but we'll wrap up our June with score predictions for this game in Philadelphia. Give me your score prediction. Let's go. Uh, I think the Saints are going to come out with a win. Uh, I think this defense, um, while faltering a little bit in recent weeks, um, has has the ability to stop that Eagles rush attack, and I think will make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable. Obviously, Marcus Davenport had a really good game against the Titans. Um, the Saints are underdogs by one and a half points, no, I believe. No, we are favorites by—we uh, are underdogs by one and a half points, but we are predicted to be victors, which is quite strange. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm going to say the Saints win it. Uh, Slugfest, 24 to 13. 24 to 13. I'm going to go 27 to 21. I think it is a close one, as you said. Um, I am excited to be in attendance for this game, but wow, I am nervous for this. Um, as you said, the Eagles rush defense, our rush defense, It's we're the best rush defense in the NFL. That's just what we are. Um, if we can stop them in the air, we should be fine on the ground, uh, but we will have to wait and see. And again, you can find us on Twitter at GGGoonerPod. I will be there at the game, live tweeting. I'll have some tweets up of scores going on. If I see a player going to the locker room, I'll put that tweet up. Uh, I'll get some videos, I'll hopefully after the game, try and get some uh, videos of Saints players talking to fans. Who knows what will happen? I have no clue what to expect. I also pray for my health and that Eagles fans do not hurt me. Uh, but I will be fine. I am a strong, able-bodied person. I am an Arsenal fan. I have been through... Uh, I've uh, been been through a lot worse uh, rooting for my teams than Eagles fans, so I can I can put up with them. I think I think I'll be fine. Uh, I hope you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope I'll be back next week for the episode. I hope so. Um, you know, they they put up a great atmosphere there in Philly, and you know there are you know obviously Saints fans travel very well, so there are bound to be a lot of Saints fans there. Um, yeah, again, have a great time. Everybody follow along with Kyle's coverage on GG Winterpod. It's going to be a very unique experience. It's going to be electric. Because usually we are watching, you know, on a on a one minute tape delay. Um this time we will get, you know, the live experience. Live, the but live. I don't have to listen to anybody have bad calls as far as uh broadcasters go, which we <laughs> love broadcasters. We want to do that as our for our jobs, but I don't get to hear some shaky calls at best. Um, which I'm excited to not hear. Um and if you're at the game, tweet at us. Come say hi. I'll happily chat with anybody. Um, I, I love to see people and chat and get to know everybody that is a part of the fandom. We will have an episode next week uh, detailing this game and how it went, as well as previewing our game against the Bills, a, a game that is close to us due to the fact that we are basically in Buffalo right now in Syracuse. That'll be a fun one before Thanksgiving. Uh, so that will do it. For the Going Going Winter podcast episode 54, obviously uh, international break in football. We will not discuss it except for the fact that the USA beat Mexico, which we'd love to see. Uh, That will do it for us. From Kyle, from Arjun, we will talk to you all later.